Hey, Struggleberries, before you get into this episode, I just want to give you three things to think about during this episode. One, please wear headphones or earbuds. I think it'll make your listening experience so much more pleasurable. Two, listen with an open mind and an open heart. When you combine those two, you learn something new. And three, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you thought of this episode or any of the previous ones. Your feedback is so important to me, and I want to make this better for not only myself, but you too. So contact me at Struggleberry Crunch on Instagram or at strawberrycrunch at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and the episode starts now. Hello, Struggleberries. Welcome to Struggleberry Crunch. A great podcast to help you navigate your life and explore the flavor of your struggle. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Tariana and I'm the host. And on today's episode, we are going to have a powerful discussion about living your truth. Let me tell you everything we're going to talk about, about identity, from pronouns to career success. It's all about the true you. So let's introduce our guests. Originally from Houston, Texas, baby, now living in San Diego as a successful makeup artist, today's guest has no problem living their truth and sharing it with the world. As a proud member of the LGBTQ plus and beauty community, today's guest is ready to bring the realness and fire to Struggleberry Crunch podcast. To all my Struggleberries out there, please welcome Jennifer Vila Mayer. Hey, Jay. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm so good. And you, girl? I'm doing really good. Thank you. For that asking. is so good. You know, thank I'm, you for I'm, having me, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come. Oh, no I know worries. you're getting no scheduled worries. left and right, beating people's faces with makeup. <laughs> so, girl, thank you for clocking me in. I appreciate no, it. Oh, thank you. But I just want to also highlight that, Jen, I brought you on this podcast today because you've always been a big inspiration and breath of fresh air. And I just want to share that with others. So let's get to know you and show these people how to live in their truth. Are you down? Yes, I'm down. Okay. So the first thing (laughs) I want to ask you is what does living your truth mean to you? Living in your own happiness. When you're living in your truth and you know who you are, you know where you're from. And you love the person that you are today, the life that you're living today. It's all about living your happiness because I feel like I'm happy that I get to live my life the way I live. Being able to transition to the woman that I am now has been a struggle throughout my early years. So now I wake up every morning feeling good about myself, about who I am, walking out the door, going to work, just being me and not caring about what anyone I love that you said that because I can attest to just working with you and always being around you. You have the, the biggest light and positive energy oh, that I've, I've never seen a down day when you're around. Thank so you. I want to know what was it like for you, like as a child growing up in Houston, Texas, baby? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, my family were very supportive. I was taught to treat people the way I want to be treated. And mm-hmm. I always kept that. I have great example as far as like my parents and my family, the way they treat each other, the way they love on each other and the way they show love to other people and strangers. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when you said like, you know, since you worked with me before, you were talking like how I've always bring this light to the room when I come in, like only because I've always had a positive 
attitudes ever since I can remember since I was little. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't really have anything like negative. Not that much negative. Like, I mean, the struggles, like transitioning, yes. But my childhood has been amazing. Like, I have no regrets. I love my family, my friends. They all accepted me for who I am. And they let me be mm-hmm. me. That's extraordinary because there's a lot of people who don't have that experience. But that no, doesn't mean that you weren't challenged or tested anytime, like yeah. during that stage in your life. You said around four or five, you knew that you were different, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. I knew since I was four or five that I was different. And I remember my dad would bring home like G.I. Joe toys for boys. And they're still in boxes. I never opened them. They're still in I boxes. Would just, yes. And like, I would always just go to my sister's room, play with her Barbie dolls. I would always get like a little shirt, put it on my head, pretend like it's my long hair. But my mom and dad has never been, oh, we can't do this, can't do that. It was always like, okay, we just let him be who he wants, what he is right now, what he's doing. Like, maybe it'll just be a phase or whatever. That's what they thought at least when I was little. Mm-hmm. But they've never like tried to shame me for being who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for me, I considered myself as a heterosexual woman. And yeah, since I was like five or six, I, I have all these feelings and I've had these dreams that I was different and I was supposed to be who I am today. So I've been blessed to have parents that's very open-minded and that accept me for who I am you know I want to point out that a lot of people are still learning about the proper terminology and how to approach the situation when they have like questions if they're curious about your personal journey so how was it when you were transitioning like when did you decide to become the beautiful woman you are today when I decided I was probably I honestly, I was like 20 or 21 when I, when I decided to transition full time as far as like getting on the hormones, treatment, or meeting up with a doctor and this and that, having all these questions when I was young. Because like during my teenage years, kind of like uh, just a femboy in a way, you know, like then I was still dressing like as a boy because at that time, you know, I'm a teenager. I don't have a job, but I knew I was different because I was never into girls. I was never into gay guys either. It's funny because I was only literally interested in like straight guys. Mm-hmm. And the struggle of teenagers is like, wow, okay, well, how does this work? What do I need to do? And at that time, we didn't have the internet like that. Like, we didn't have YouTube and all that stuff growing up back in the 90s. And I had no one to go to. I had no one to ask. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was like 17. My, one of my cousins, he, he used to dance at gay bars or whatever. And he would sneak me in and my friends to, like, clap for him. So he would win the money for the grand prize. So the first time he took me to this club in Houston, Texas, it was called EJ. And we went there and there was a host on the stage and it happened to be this trans woman. Well, I thought it was a dry queen because her voice was so deep, but then she was so beautiful, like so beautiful, beautiful black woman. And I remember after she did her show, I went up to her like, hey, I didn't know what to say because at that time, that's when I discovered what transgender was because like, when I was little, I didn't know what it was. You know, like mm-hmm. all I did was like gay, straight, right? Mm-hmm. But growing up as a teenager, that's my first time ever seeing a transgender woman. When I saw her, I'm like, wow, that's who I'm supposed to be. It's possible to live a life that way. Like, it's possible to be this woman that I, I urged to be since I was little. I had no idea. And I remember her telling me, like, well, hey, well, you know what? If you feel this way, do you feel that way? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, you're a transgender. And like, what is that? That's when she explained the whole thing. And I remember her telling me, like, go to this website. It's called Transgender 101. And I remember going to that website. That's when I read everything about transgender and transitioning and all that stuff, getting into hormones and just starting off with that. But other than that, like that was the time 
in my life when I was 17, when I, when I knew like, Hey, that, that I am transgender. That's, that's what that is. You know, that's this whole mm-hmm. feeling of mine. All these emotions and feelings that I've been having since I was little, that's what that is. That's really powerful. Um, yeah. So from this 17 year old boy, you were at the time, yes. you went into your, your twenties starting the transition immediately. Um, Did your parents help support <clears throat> that? They supported um, me transitioning, but they didn't like give me money to go get my getting hormones and stuff. Like that. And I mean, I started working, you know, I remember working at Walmart, Subway. That's like my first few jobs that I had when, mm-hmm. I, was, when I was younger. Eventually, like in my, I think it was like by the time I'm 20, like that's when I started like dressing up like full time, like going outside the world as a woman. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some trials and errors trying to get my wigs together, <laughs> trying to get together <laughs> oh my goodness i can't imagine I you not having not. a slayed wig all right <laughs> girl it's horrible all those synthetic wigs that i used to wear back in the day <laughs> oh my god it's so bad but oh um, as i get older you know you learn more things like i started getting into makeup that was like one of the things that kind of helped me with my transition so that's the perfect segue into all the career success you've had with makeup because that's how I met you as a successful makeup artist and I'm curious like how long have you been in the industry and how did your journey begin so I've been doing makeup for like what 18 almost 20 years now so I remember makeup came into my life out of nowhere actually because I was going to school for nursing and me mm. and my friends like we would go to the library and go study here and there then you know, we're going to school for it. It was like biology class. It's the first class you got to take, I think. And then we were like in this class. And girl, it was just so boring to me. It was so funny. One day I went to the library with my friend. We were studying and we ran into one of her friends. And her friend happened to be a photographer. And they're like, oh my God, long time. I'll see you. They were talking. And then, mind you, I've been playing with makeup on myself for a while, for like maybe like a couple of years before that. She just commented on me. She's like, hey, I really like your makeup. And you're your makeup artist. I'm like, oh, no. And she was like, oh, well, you do know you can make money doing that, right? I'm like, really? She was like, well, why don't you do one of my photo shoots and I'll pay you. I'm like, okay, cool. Girl, so I had my little caboodle, my cheap makeup that I had. Mm-hmm. Girl, back mm-hmm. in the days, like, oh my God, it was so bad. But I mean, you know, but I made it work and I did it. And it was like my first photo shoot. And I was like, oh my God, that's my passion. It's what I want to do. And ever since then, I've been doing makeup since. So my first job was actually at Ulta a long time ago. And that was in 2006, I think. Mm-hmm. So that was my first job. And also, so honestly, like I just practiced any client that would let me touch their face. I just did it. Even if they didn't buy anything, I just did their makeup. It was my playground for myself. Like it was fun. It was something that I love to do. And I just developed my skills throughout the years and I gotten better and better every year. And then I remember a couple of years after that, Sephora was hiring and I interviewed. And of course I got the job. And I was with Sephora for maybe like a year. And literally, they were having auditions for uh, the national artist team. So these are teams of people who travel around the U.S. Mm. or the world to go do makeup for, like, New York Fashion Week, L.A. Fashion Week, and celebrity events for the company. And I had auditioned my first year, and I made it. I was the first transgender person that made the team. And I think it was, like, 14 of us or whatever. Yeah, we were all out to L.A. We competed. It was out of five. I think it was like out of five thousand people who had applied to be on the team, and only fourteen or fifteen of us that made it, and I was one of them. So, I was really lucky and happy and blessed to even make it that far and get into that team because I learned so much when it comes to makeup mm-hmm. and having the privilege to work with people that's been doing it for so long was amazing. And I think that it's really incredible that you found something that you loved and you just mm-hmm. expanded on that. 
did you ever feel like you had to prove yourself as a makeup artist because of the pronouns that you chose? No, uh, at that time, no, I don't, I don't feel that way at all. Only because to me, your skill and your makeup artistry was going to get you there. That's mm-hmm. what they were looking at. At least the judges were basing it on our skills. It wasn't about whether we were gay, straight, or whatever our gender was. It wasn't like that, So, which was amazing. So I, I was very comfortable being in a, in a competition and having to be part of that team. Makeup was like my escape. You know, I wanted to feel beautiful and look pretty. So that's how, that's why I got into it. Mm-hmm. And it became my passion and I've been doing it since. Was there any insecurities that you struggled with in the makeup industry? Because, girl, I know when I started, like, it was mm-hmm. it was like this rush of energy because everyone was just dull to the nines every day. But there was also this, like, pressure to have to keep up and just be right. continue to slay every day. And you couldn't have, right. like, one day you slip up, like, your reputation is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever feel that? Yeah, there's times where, like, you know, well, at least with customers, I deal with customers every day. Like, you know, working at Sephora and Mac and then also in Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to get those clients who are, not, who are just not going to be happy with their look or whatever you created for them. But, you know, I get that sometimes. I, well, I, I'm not going to lie. I rarely get that. But, you know. I was about to say, Jen, you don't. I'm not going to lie. I was say, <laughs> I mean, I've never seen someone unhappy out of your chair. But. No. But I mean, like in the beginning, just yes. to humanize <laughs> you, she gets those, right? those downers too, girl. But like, no, but those are like some of the things that happen. Like I said, it's, it's all about trial and error. Um, you live and you learn. And like, mind you, back then, you know, there wasn't like there wasn't a lot of YouTube tutorials and stuff like that. So everything that I've learned, girl, I learned on my own. Like I learned on my own. I learned from other artists. I I got the book. I got the Kevin. The Kevin Upon was my my first book ever. Mm-hmm. I read that book from front to back. I got the Bobby Brown's book. Like I just try to learn everything on my own. I practice. I look at pictures of the magazine and try to replicate it to myself or my family member or friends or whatever. And freelancing like for weddings and all that stuff. So I've learned so much doing that. And it helped me a lot too in the way. Would you say that it started with a strong foundation in your childhood from your family that loved you so much to be whoever you wanted to be? Yep that's kind of rare these days. Like everyone is yeah. like working through their, their issues and everything, but you just genuinely see like you have I, a good balance on life. Yes. I have to agree. Like, you know, I, I owe everything to my family only because I know other transgender people like growing up and it's, it's not the same story for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the trans girls in the community, they, once they come out and then their parents, just their family just owns them. So I'm not going to lie. I'm lucky. I wish I can give you a horrible story about growing up as a trans woman, but I can't because my parents and my family were just very loving towards me. They loved their child. Didn't matter what they did or like how, what they wanted to be. They they let me be who I want to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, that's why I have this attitude every day. I always, I'm always in a positive attitude. You'll never see me. You don't, you rarely see me in a bad day. You know that, you know, we've been working together back then. We were in Nordstrom. Like we were all, I've always had a positive attitude about myself. Like I'm always nice to everybody. I, I always mm-hmm. be kind to everybody. I don't know. Like, I'm just so blessed to even have that, you know, growing up. Well, I think it goes back to what you said, too. Like you said, you don't have a lot of negative stories. And I think that's totally cool because at the end of the day, no matter how much love you get in your home, you have to continue that love outside of your home Mm -hmm. for yourself. So I think it's important for people, whatever um, identity they choose or whatever, that they need to build themselves up with love and confidence. So, girl, I want to get into your business and I want to talk about what has your dating life been as a trans woman? Uh, And what do you look for in a partner? Honestly, in a partner, the only 
the only thing I really look forward to in a man is someone who is God-fearing, hardworking, and who's very honest and loyal and has a Ooh. have a great sense of humor. Have a great sense of humor. Like if you can't make me laugh, it's just not gonna work out. Like, girl, you down with the God? Oh, girl, I have my own relationship with God. Like people think it's because I'm part of the LGBT community. Like, oh, we're not allowed to have that relationship with him, girl. But at the end of the day, like it's between me and him. I have my own relationship with him. I pray anytime there's something bad happens or whatever situation happens in my life, I always leave it up to God. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of God. And I always, people may not believe it, but I do live my life through Christ. And, you know, and so does my oh, family. Amen. I learned that through my family. Yes. So for, when it comes to men, like for a man or whatever, like, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I look for. In a man. Mm-hmm. So. Your dating life, how has that been? Back in the day, it was probably different, but now it's a little bit more easier because, I mean, I've been living my life as one for the past, what, 25, 30 years, maybe? I don't know. But, like, the difference went from back in the days because back in the days when you first transitioned, it's like you're not so passable, right? You know, a lot of guys are scared to date a trans woman that's not too passable enough to be out in public with them. Back in the days, it was like men only talked to me or wanted to date me behind closed doors but never out in public. But now it's different. And when it comes to men, I'm very honest about who I am, whether they know or whether they don't know. Mm -hmm. I let them know ahead of time, like, hey, this is what it is. This is who I am. And even on dating sites, dating app, I'll always make sure I put that I'm transgender. And when when guys write me and, you know, compliment me, and I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure you read my profile. Have you read my profile? They say, no, well, please read it. And then Mm -hmm. let me know if you still want to continue talking to me. I'm very honest about it. There are heterosexual men out there who do like trans women, who do date trans women. And mm-hmm. we're slowly, slowly like coming out, like it's more mainstream, like our trans. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I know what you, you know mean. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, our trans, like, hey, it's more now, acceptable. It's more acceptable now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for me to date as a trans woman right now. Your honesty is so fearless. I love, this <laughs> is, this is the, the main things that I love about you. Just your, your humility your forwardness and it just comes with such a positive energy i love that about you do you want to have children i do one day like honestly like if i ever meet a man or like end up with a man or marry a man like i would Mm -hmm. want him to have i would either want him to already have like a little kid you know Mm -hmm. and i could i could i could help him raise that kid or if not then we can both eventually adopt a kid one day can you give us some special tips, Jen, for 2022 in regards to living your truth? Like, I have a couple of questions I want to ask you. It just like, you know, shine your light on us. Give us some of that gin magic. What would you say <laughs> to a young boy or girl that is struggling with their identity? Oh, man. I would say accept who you really are. Don't listen to other people telling you what to do or telling you not to transition or, you know, your parents, you know, may disown you or this and that. Like, really just believe in yourself and own your truth and everything will just fall into place. How do we find acceptance within ourselves if we don't have like the family that you had or a friend? Well, well, the cool thing about that is being an LGBT community is you're able to find family within your own community. You meet people, you make friends and you find your family through them. You make a lot of friends who does love you for who you are, who does accept you for who you are whether they're gay, straight or not, or you'll eventually find that God will never put you through things that you cannot handle. I've learned that. And, and I believe in that, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. I have another question. It's kind of personally for me just because I want to make sure that I'm good. Just I just want to respect people the best that I can um, mm-hmm. and how they identify. So is it okay to ask people, like, what are your pronouns? For me, yes. For you to ask me that, I feel like you're giving me respect by asking me that. For example, oh my God, like one of my coworkers, she just started her transition, right? Mm-hmm. And so people at work and customers were just misgendering her. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you see this person with makeup on, with her hair on, and dressed as a woman, you just deliberately just called her he, knowing that you can see the aesthetic that she is portraying, mm. portraying a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like, you know, you should ask. It's okay to ask because you may never know and you never want to hurt people's feelings. So for me, instead of just assuming something, I would say ask. And, mm-hmm. Or if not, just say they or call them by their name. How about that? How about that? that? Okay, how about that? But I do, but I'm okay with people asking, like, what is, what do I call you, whatever. So if I'm presenting to you male, then yes. But if I'm presenting to you female, and that's what you see, as far as like the way I'm dressed, I may not be as passable. Maybe I've just started my transition, but at the same time, respect. Yeah. At least ask me, you know what I'm saying? At least show that you're trying to respect. Because I always feel yes. bad asking because mm-hmm. I feel like I should know. But sometimes yeah. I really don't know. So just showing the initiative of respect instead of just assuming that you know it all. Yeah. Okay. I agree. That's bomb. I appreciate that. Well, Jen, we have come down to the closing. But before we do that, do you have any upcoming projects or events that people should keep a lookout for? And how can they get in touch with you? Project events? Um, Right now, not really. Only because, you know, working in Ocean, you know, everything's kind of slow right now. But we, we do always have events coming up as far as, like, makeup and skincare in our department. But for them to reach me, they can reach me on Instagram at M-U-A-J-E-S-B. If they want to book me for a makeover, whether I come to your house or you come see me at the store, DM me or, you know. Do you do international <laughs> freelance? Do, do they have to fly you out if they want to get their face no. for their wedding <laughs> no. or their anniversary? No, I haven't done that in so long. Honestly, I've been working at Nordstrom for like the past two years. Like I haven't really, I still freelance outside of work or whatever, but I haven't done anything internationally, especially with COVID right now. Like people are, oh, yeah. like, I'm not really trying to fly out everywhere here and there, you know? Yeah, so, I told you. Yeah, never mind. Scratch that. That'll be coming <laughs> soon. International travel. Oh, girl. Okay. And flying out to do your makeup. Well, yes. yes, girl. Let's go into the rapid fire questions. Like I said, five questions, five <laughs> seconds or less. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> okay. Question number one. One word to describe your 20s into 30s. Fabulous. Which book should every young adult read? The Bible. What is one piece of valuable advice that you received from your mom, dad, or mentor? Respect and love. What does success mean to you? Living your truth, being happy in your truth. And the final question that everyone waits for at the end of the podcast, what is the current flavor of your struggle with living your truth? Tacos. Why? It's hot and spicy. Ooh, yes, honey. Well, Jen, I'm so grateful that you were able to drop by and shine your light on us. Thank you so much for everyone for listening and tuning in. And please share, comment, subscribe, anything that you can do to support. And I want to encourage you to continue to embrace your problems, find solutions, and take action for real this time. Until we meet again, Struggleberries. Thank you, Jennifer Vila Man. Bye. Bye, hon. Thank you.